0: You know, I'm going to be teaching a class in Shoji, Birth and Death, at San Francisco Zen Center, which I think is in May. And I'm going to be teaching it here, as you all know. And I thought that uh, today I would talk about Shoji. I will be honest with you in part because I couldn't think of anything else. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll, I'll try to do this. And uh, yeah, so here we go. So birth and death, Shoji. Shoji means in Japanese, birth and death, and it's a fascicle from Dogen shubogenzo which means the true Dharma I. And if you're not familiar with Dogen, he is the 13th century founder of Soto Zen in Japan. So he's our guy. And as, uh, as I think everybody here knows, I talk about him a lot. Okay, so, uh, what I'm going to do is I'll just read a little section that I think is the section that makes sense, and then I'll make some comments about it. And this is what we read this morning during service. The first part is Dogen Zenji wrote, it is said, because a Buddha is in birth and death, there is no birth and death. It is also said, because a Buddha is not in birth and death, a Buddha is not deluded by a birth and death. These are the statements of the essence of the words of the two Zen masters, Shan and Dingshan. You should certainly not neglect them because they are the words of those who attain the way. So first of all, you know, here we're starting out with a quote from these two Zen masters uh, by Dogen. And that's not uncommon for him. And and also it's it's an introduction to what he's going to talk about. The other thing that's interesting here, besides just whatever does it, what does it mean? What these two Zen masters said is that this is our lineage. So does Zen is very lineage. Zen is very lineage based. So we look to what we commonly refer to as the Buddhist ancestors. So we look to these ancestors and look at what they said. What Dogen does that as well, looking at what they said, and then he makes a comment about it. All right, so exactly what is it that they are talking about here? Um, Dogen quotes, uh, Dongshan Shan is saying, uh, I think it's Zhao Shan saying, because a Buddha is in birth and death, there is no birth and death. So I'm not gonna say exactly what no birth and death means. I mean, we can look parse it as no inherently existing birth and death, but it says, he, he's. what does it mean to say that you are in birth and death? And I would say, he's saying we are fully emerged in our life. We are fully engaged in our life as it's unfolding at that moment. So he's saying, because a Buddha is fully engaged with their life, then their life is not parsed or described or he's not saying something like, well, this is birth and this is death, right? Because when you're fully engaged in your life, you're not labeling your life. You're just experiencing the moment. You're responding to the moment. And then the next line is, and this would be Dongshan's, because a Buddha is not in birth and death, a Buddha is not deluded by birth and death. Wow, that sounds like he's saying exactly the opposite of what Shang said. But what he's saying here is he's saying, because a Buddha, and by the way, we are we know that we are all Buddhas, right? We all are Buddha nature. Whether we think it or not, we all are Buddha nature. So th- this applies to us. It's not talking about someone else, some exalted being that's shooting rays out of, the, you know, out of a tuft of hair between their eyebrows. This is you and me as we're going through our day. So because a Buddha is not in birth and death, a Buddha is not deluded by birth and death. So you don't get caught. That's what all this is saying is, you're not getting caught by concepts. You're not getting caught by calling this birth or death. <laughs> or even getting caught maybe in calling it good and bad and delusion and I'm terrible or I'm great or this person or that person, all the kinds of ways that we label our experience and we label our life. So that's the introduction to of this, of, of this text. So the next part is, those who want to be free from birth and death should understand the meaning of these words. So we're talking about the words that we just heard. If you search for a Buddha outside birth and death, it will be like trying to go to the Southern country of your way with your spear heading towards the North or like trying to see the Big Dipper when you are facing South. You will cause yourself to remain all the more in birth and death and lose the way of emancipation. Just understand that birth and death is itself Nirvana. There is nothing such as birth and death to be avoided. There is nothing such as nirvana to be sought. Only when you realize this, are you free from birth and death. So there's a lot packed in here in this little section. Okay, if we want to be free from these concepts called birth and death, if we want to be free and also getting caught in general, let's take a look at birth and death. Birth, not so much. You know, we don't, we don't really think about birth too much, I don't think, but we do think about death. We do have this aversion in some ways to impermanence. We're talking about impermanence. You know, we say, oh, okay, we don't think about birth, so much, again, but we do think about death because we don't want the things that we like to stop. And we don't want the things that we don't like. We want them to go away. And then we just kind of get caught up in this, this stasis, this security about the nature of, of our experience. And so that's usually what we call death, right, is when we, something changes that we don't like. Okay, so he says, if you want to be free from birth and death, if you want to be free from suffering, right, if we want to be free from suffering, we should understand what this means. He says, if you search for a Buddha outside birth and death, it will be like trying to go to the southern country of your way. In other words, it's the wrong direction. So many of us have this notion that our life is not the source of nirvana, That our daily life and our experience is not how we get enlightened, is not how we, is not the vehicle for that. It's something outside ourselves. Like, if I could just go to a monastery somewhere, I'm sure everything would be fine. If I could get away from these people, everything would be fine. If I could have chocolate cake, everything would be fine. It's like we're always going, you know, it's got to be somewhere else. And if you know Buddhist doctrine, you know that in early Buddhism, it really was. It's got to be somewhere else. You have to get off the wheel of birth and death. So, of course, that's not our practice. Our practice is the Bodhisattva practice, which is to continue to be reborn lifetime after lifetime, trying to cultivate kind of enlightened, awakened mind through these lifetimes that saves all beings. And this saving is not a messianic kind of saving. It is a way in which we are able to integrate ourselves, cultivate wisdom and compassion and skillful means so that more and more and more we are able to create a kind of life that is efficacious for self and other. And through that life, we're able to help other people as well as ourselves. So... We can't find that person outside the context of our own lives. That person is not, is not, you know, somewhere else. That person is right here. That person is already Buddha. So we already have the capacity to do this. It is innately part of who we are because it is innately part of the altruism of the world itself. This world functions. Like a mandala, this world functions in a way in which life supports life. So, how can we kind of find that, you know, that is already existing in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies? How how is that? How is that? So we don't have to go somewhere else and we don't have to look to somebody else's life outside the context of actually looking at our own life. You know, Dogen says in the Genjo Koan. Which I brought up here, so I could read it on my cell phone. There it is. He says, um, he says, uh, to study the Buddha Way is to study the self. Okay. So that's what we're up to. Not not in this. It's not in a Western psychological sense. Actually, it's about finding out about what is it that is this life. What is it that the self is as this altruistic integrated event. How does that work? And with the way we can find that out is looking at the self. We don't have to look at somebody else. So he says, if you wanna be free from birth and death, you have to know that if you, you cannot search for a Buddha outside your own birth and death, outside your own life. And if you do that, you're just gonna be going way off in the wrong direction. So he says, um, and the more we do that, the more we're gonna suffer. The more we do that because we're going in the wrong direction, we're trying to get away from our life, we're trying to get away from our suffering, and we're unwilling to engage our suffering. So again, as Dogen says in Kato, you know, you can't cut off, you can't cut off the root of suffering by just ignoring it. You have to transform it by going into that. And that doesn't mean I, oh, oh my God, <laughs> woe is me. You know, it's taking the teachings and actually engaging your life using the teachings. So, he says, then when we do that, we understand that birth and death itself is nirvana. This life itself is nirvana. This is the Dharma gate of nirvana. Nirvana is not something that happens after we get off the wheel of birth and death. Okay, so this is a kind of radical notion in the Mahayana Buddhism. That, that it's here, right here in this moment. So, and then he says, so there's nothing such as birth and death to be avoided. There's nothing such as Nirvana to be sought. Just, you know, you know just be here now. And then he says, only when you realize this, are you free from birth and death? Okay, so now Dogen's gonna tell us um, how that works. Uh, how, that, how we can actually engage in that activity. He said, it is a mistake to suppose that birth turns into death. Birth is a phase that is an entire period of itself with its own past and future. For this reason, in Buddha Dharma, birth is understood as no birth. Death is a phase that is an entire period of itself with its own past and future. For this reason, death is understood as no death. In birth, there is nothing but birth. And in death, there is nothing but death. Accordingly, when birth comes, actualize, face and actualize birth. And when death comes, face and actualize death. Do not avoid them or desire them. This birth and death is the life of Buddha. This birth and death is If you try to exclude it, you will lose the life of Buddha. If you cling to it, trying to remain in it, you will also lose the life of Buddha. And what remains will be the mere form of Buddha. What's embedded in this section is a really important concept of Dogen. It's juhoi or Dharma position, abiding in a Dharma position. And this comes from the Lotus Sutra. So, talks about it a lot he talks about something almost identical to this in the genjo koan okay so he says it's a mistake to suppose that birth turns into death so what he's saying is uh, we need to live our life in the present moment and not get caught up in some kind of sequential time there is sequential time there is sequential birth and death things arise things go fall away But where do they go when they fall away? How do they arise? It's part of a whole process. So it's like if you just take some little piece of it, you know, he's saying it doesn't work that way. And yet what we experience is our life in this moment. We don't experience our life in the past. We think about our life in the past. We have karma, it affects us. But what we're actually living is a present moment. And if we're thinking about the future, that's what we're doing. We're thinking and planning the future. We don't live in the future. It's not possible. We don't physically and mentally even live in the past. What we think of as the past is actually what we're thinking of right now in the present. Does that make sense? So it's like, it's here. It's right now. This is our life. This is birth and death in this moment. So he says, it's a mistake to suppose that birth turns into death. The reason it's a mistake, it's not that birth doesn't turn into death. But on the other hand, it's like, what is birth and what is death? Where if What's the moment of birth? In a way, it's arbitrary. It's like when you were born, the year you were born, the minute you were born, we're talking about when you pop down in your mom's womb. We're not talking about the moment of conception or what happened before that or ancestors before that and all that back and back and back and back and back or forward and forward and forward. We're just talking about this kind of, what a way, arbitrary thing called birth. Same thing for death. In a way, it's arbitrary. It's like a picked and chosen moment that works for us as human beings. It's a very, actually, human-centric, homocentric you know, way of viewing uh, this thing we call birth and death. So he says... Um, Birth is a phase that is an entire period of itself. So now he's talking about a Dharma position with its own past and future. He says that about firewood in Genjo Koan, if you remember. He says, you know, firewood has its own past and future. At the same time, it's just firewood. Like every one of you got up this morning and did whatever you did. And now you're here. And this is the moment that we're all here engaging each other in this mandala called a talk at Oceangate, and all of us are interbeing with each other, all of us are interpenetrating and simultaneously, you have your own past and future, but the moment that you're engaging right now is this moment right now, and this moment, by the way, includes all moments throughout time and space, simultaneously, but the only moment that only. we can experience is going to, going to be this moment. That's the only time that you can manifest realization, by the way. You can't manifest realization in the past, and you're not going to manifest it in some fantasized future. You can only manifest it in this moment right now. So that's why we say there are no, there's no permanent realization because realization is an interactive event with the totality of all of reality arising right now in this moment as it is. So he says, birth is at a phase, it is an entire period of itself with its own past and future. And he could have said that about death as well, but he didn't, he chose to go on. He said, for this reason in Buddha Dharma, birth is understood as no birth, no inherently existing birth. What I was just talking about earlier. This thing we call birth in some ways is an arbitrary time that we pick to choose to call birth. Death, same way, is a phase that is an entire period of itself with its own past and future. This isn't just about birth and death, this is about The moment you drive your car home, this is the moment of you're sitting here, this is the moment of you're eating dinner, this is the moment of you're at a movie, this is the moment that you're talking to each other, this is the moment, this is the moment, this is the moment, 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 functioning and arising. And so for this reason, we say death is understood as no death. In birth, there is nothing but birth, and in death, there is nothing but death, right? So then he says, well, because that's true, when birth comes, face and actualize birth. In other words, each moment, just face and be in that moment. So don't try to push it away. Don't say, oh, this is samsara, I'm cutting it off. Don't say, oh, I'm having this particular feeling that I don't wanna have, so I'm gonna act as if it's not happening. Now, it might not be skillful. Maybe your feeling you're having is anger. And maybe that's not a skillful thing to express at that moment, but you need to acknowledge that you're feeling that. You can't just cut it off. You need to acknowledge you're feeling grief. You can't just cut it off, you know? Human beings don't work that way. That's why Dong says in Genjo Koan, you know, uh, in aversion spread." That's spread. That's what it's like to live in this life. You know, in attachment, blossoms fall, flowers die. This happens. This is what our life is. And it happens in this moment, in this moment, in this moment, in this moment. So we have to acknowledge that. We have to be willing to acknowledge delusion. We have to also be willing to acknowledge realization, which often we can't see because we have some preconceived idea about what it is that we're chasing after. And we don't see that we're manifesting it ourselves, you know? Okay, so don't avoid them, don't desire them. Because once you do that, you have to compromise them as an idea that you want to get, right? Or you want to push it away. So he says, don't do that. If you try to exclude it, if you try to get rid of birth or get rid of death or get rid of your life or get rid of this moment or get rid of this feeling, you're going to lose a life of Buddha. You're going to lose your life, your life. In this moment, you're awakening, you're Buddha. So he says, don't cling to it. Don't try to remain in it. Because if you do, it's a problem. Okay, here's the last part of the book. Only when you don't dislike birth and death or long for them, do you enter Buddha's mind. So that's what we're all going for. We already have Buddha's mind, but we're trying to figure out how to enter into that mind. However, do not analyze or speak about it. That's interesting. Just set aside your body and mind and forget about them and throw them into the house of the Buddha. So now he's talking about faith. Now he's been, he's been kind of going along and now he's saying, okay, guys, throw it into the house of the Buddha. And I would say to you in the context of this, he's saying, just live your life. Just really engage this moment as the best way that you can. It's not some nihilistic thing of just do whatever the hell you feel like. Take your practice, bring it into the present moment and do your best. And he says, then all is done by Buddha. You're a Buddha, right? Doing its best, making your best effort, sincere effort, wholehearted effort. And he says, when, you're, when you follow this, you are free from these, from birth and death and become a Buddha without effort or calculation. Well, that's kind of cool right? So, But of course, it does take effort. And then he says, who then continues to think? In other words, who is it who's angsting about all this stuff? Who is it that's engaged in this? So that's a good colon. Who is it that's doing this? I would say, who is it? Well, it's the part of you that, that really sincerely wants to do this practice. So that's your Buddha mind, right? Trying to come forward. And it's also your delusional mind So it's like a catch 22 in a way, but it is a go on in each moment. How do I really focus and stay with what's arising in this moment? And then he ends it with, there is a simple way to become a Buddha. When you refrain from unwholesome actions, are not attached to birth and death, are compassionate towards all sentient beings, respectful to seniors and kind to juniors, not excluding or desiring anything, With no designing thoughts or worries, you will be called a Buddha. Do not seek anything else. This is present moment stuff, right? He's saying, okay, there's really a simple way to do this. We don't have to get all in our heads about it. There's a real simple way to do this. When you avoid unwholesome actions, which means following the precepts, be doing something efficacious, You're not attached to a particular outcome. You're not attached to labels, et cetera. You're not caught by that. You are compassionate towards all sentient beings, respectful to seniors. That's a little easier to do than being compassionate because that's pretty clear. Be respectful to your seniors and kind to your juniors. And he doesn't say this, but you need to do that with your peers as well. Not excluding or desiring anything. In other words, beginner's mind, be open to your life. Be open to what's arising. Be open to the person you can't stand. Mm-hmm. You know, just be open about it and say, hmm, maybe there's something here, something more going on. With no designing thoughts or worries. In other words, stop trying to make it into something it's not. Stop trying to force something to happen in a particular way. And he said, then you'll be called a Buddha. This is so simple, right? Be compassionate, be respectful, no problem. It's really hard to do this practice, but he's giving you the guidelines right here. And then he says, you'll be called a Buddha. Do not seek anything else. And he rests his case. Thank you very much.